X-Ray. Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. I'm Jefferson Smith from Portland, Oregon. It is Friday, September 25th. Today, back in the day, September 25th, 1690, the very first American multi-page newspaper published its first and last issue. Public occurrences, both foreign and domestic. That's how they spelled it. Public was with a C-K, occurrences with extra C and extra R, foreign with two R's, and domestic, D-O-M-E-S-T-I-C-K, which I guess is supposed to be like domestic, published in Boston by Richard Pierce, still under colonial rule. Previously, single-page broadsides were the most popular form of printed news. Then the first paragraphs, the paper promises of the publisher, and I am quoting, will take what pains he can to obtain a faithful relation of all such things, will particularly make himself beholden to such persons in Boston whom he knows to have been, for their own use, the diligent observers of such matters. The colonial authorities shut the paper down after one issue, as no license had been applied for to publish the paper. The government issued a statement, and here's their quote, their high resentment and disallowance of said pamphlet and order that the same be suppressed and called in... If it weren't for the ballots, we wouldn't have to change. No, they didn't say that. Today, back in the day, September 25th, 1903, Mark Rothko was born. He was born Marcus Rothkowitz in Devinsk, Russia, the famous abstract expressionist painter. He put like one color on the wall and sold it for millions of dollars. Very impressive trick. More than 117 years ago in what is now Latvia, came to Portland at the age of 10 to reunite with the rest of his family. And he lived here until he graduated from Lincoln High School. Go Generals. I know they're the Cardinals. And went to Yale in 1921. Go Crimson. I know they're the Bulldogs. The artist was given his first solo exhibition by the Portland Art Museum in 1933. The exhibit featured watercolors of the city. Rothko said he spent his childhood in Portland in front of the endless space, the landscape of Oregon, lying covered by the wintry snows in front of the monumental emptiness that is nothingness, at the same time part of it all. Rothko's creative periods were influenced by Cubist, Surrealist, Nietzsche, Freud, Jung, the Great Depression, and the paintings of Henri Matisse. He's considered a pioneer of color field painting, a style within abstract expressionism in which color is the main subject itself. He himself, by the way, insisted he was not an abstractionist at all. His primary focus was discovering mysticism and esoteric aspects of color and their combinations. One of my favorites, orange and yellow. Other notables include blue, green, and brown, black in deep red in 1957, black on maroon, looks like a pause button. In 1961, he went a little nuts with orange, red, yellow. Some people think it's orange on top of blue. That's actually number 14 in 1960. And you want to know my little secret? I love Rothko. I don't know if the emperor has clothes or not, but I love it. Today, we will start with your quick six news headlines, and we'll have an interview with Henry Exergian and Art Krug. They'll talk about their upcoming event, Candidates and Comedians in Cars from the Multnomah County Democrats. X-Ray. First up, it is time for today's quick six local rundown. After the grand jury decision in Breonna Taylor's case, protesters gathered at the Justice Center and clashed with Portland police. Hundreds gathered at the Justice Center in downtown Portland after Kentucky attorneys decided they would not charge the officers who killed Breonna Taylor. Taylor was a 26-year-old emergency room technician who was shot five times by Louisville Metro Police Department officers while sleeping in her home. Officers entered with a no-knock warrant for a drug raid. Since May 25th, protesters have been chanting Breonna Taylor's name, demanding justice for her killing. On September 23rd, the Kentucky grand jury chose not to charge the two officers who killed Taylor. They did indict Detective Hankinson for firing into neighborhood apartments during the raid. Protests have erupted nationwide in response. 
Protesters gathered in Portland to hear speakers in front of the Justice Center. On 9 p.m., a second group gathered on 2nd Avenue and began throwing things at the Portland Police Central Precinct. At least one person threw Molotov cocktails. Most protesters were still listening to the speakers at the Justice Center when the gathering was declared a riot. And that is the first time in three weeks, since September 5th, that a riot has been declared by Portland Police. Your daily dose of data. We're now past 31,500 confirmed cases. The most recent weekly report has us at 6.2% in terms of positivity rate. That's up from 5.6%. Remember, positive is negative. And by that, I mean positive and good. Multnomah County commissioners have extended the eviction moratorium to January 8th. The pandemic has forced the closure of a bunch of businesses, left a bunch of people without jobs. In response, the county placed a moratorium on evictions for non-payment that was set to expire in just a couple days, September 30th. And yesterday, the Multnomah County Commission voted to extend that moratorium to January 8th. Portland City Council said they expect to follow suit next week. Advocates, residents, public officials, including Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, have expressed concern of an increase in homelessness when the moratorium expires. Portlanders are behind on rent by an estimated $125 million, and tenants are expected to pay their overdue rent over a period of six months. And remember last week, Portland City Council voted that landlords will be required to cover the moving expenses if a tenant is leaving due to any increase in rent. And the Portland City Council has now voted in favor of the Broadway Corridor Redevelopment Project. Pushes the project forward, promising financing and a historic community benefits agreement. It'll redevelop a 32-acre area in northwest Portland, bordered by the Chinatown-Japantown Historic District and the Pearl District. The city promises 1,800 to 2,400 new households, 720 of which will be affordable units. The city also plans to include small business opportunities, new parks, public art, and a cycle track. They're projecting between 4,000 and 8,800 new jobs. The agreement was a collaboration with Prosper Portland and several community groups who will require equitable opportunities for women and people of color. A few years back, 2016, Prosper Portland and the Housing Bureau purchased for for $88 million the 14-acre post office site within the proposed 32-acre area using credit provided by the city. The agreement laid out that up to $15 million of the remaining $35 million balance will be covered by the city's general fund. And Prosper Portland plans to cover the remainder of that money by selling the site to developers. An 1865 treaty which prohibited tribal members from leaving reservations without permission has been unanimously nullified by Congress. State of Oregon has not enforced the treaty for a long time. However, making it official means future leaders wouldn't be able to enforce it either, even if they changed their minds. Back in 1855, the Warm Springs and Wasco tribes exchanged roughly 10 million acres for reservations and the ability to hunt, fish, and forage outside of reservation land. Ten years later, U.S. officials broke that treaty and drew up a supplemental treaty, which made it illegal for members of the tribes to leave reservation land without permission. Tribal leaders and elected officials have fought for decades to nullify the agreement, and now Congress has passed that. Louis Pitt, Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs, the director of governmental affairs, said, and I'm quoting, The ability to live as Indian people off of the Creator's gifts to us, the fish, wildlife, roots, and berries, that is as important to us as the air we breathe. It was not something we lost. It was something that was taken. Portland Parks denied the Proud Boys a permit for their rally titled End Domestic Violence at Delta Park on Saturday. Portland has denied the far-right group Proud Boys their permit to gather, stating the anticipated 10,000 attendees violates COVID restrictions, which limits gatherings to 50 or less. Commissioner Amanda Fritz said in response, and I'm quoting, We must all do our part to fight the spread of COVID-19 in our community and keep ourselves and each other safe. Events like this one are not welcome and are not allowed. 
Mayor Wheeler called their request an insult, stating, while espousing patriotism and a commitment to peaceful protest, some of these groups and many who associate with them embody and empower racism, intolerance, and hate. Anyone intending to intimidate, create fear, commit violence, or spread hate is not welcome here. Commissioner Chloe Udaley said, they're a bunch of jerks, get them the hell out of here. No, Chloe Udaley didn't say that. I guess I just said that. Counter-protests are planning to gather four miles away at Peninsula Park in northeast Portland. The Proud Boys chair, Enrique Tarrio, said he didn't expect the permit to be approved. The request was just a courtesy. Tarrio says he's organizing the gathering to demonstrate against the protests that have been happening for over 100 consecutive nights in Portland. And ripples of hope? Actual ripples. Because of the rain. As the man once said, Blame it on the rain that was finally falling. Blame it on it. Why did I do that again? Ah. Luckily, it doesn't rain much in Portland, so you'll never, you won't have to hear it that much because it doesn't rain very often. Only when it rains will I have to sing any Millie Vanilli. And we don't, you know, you know, Oregon, it's a dry place. The rains have offered some long-awaited relief from the aggressive fire season. Governor Brown said fire crews have made significant progress on the wildfires, and now consistent rains have helped turn a corner in the fight. I know it feels so September 19th, but fires reached a critical point after particularly dry and windy conditions. Now over 1 million acres have burned in just a few weeks. To give that a little sense of scale, that is the equivalent of 200 forest parks. Or to put it another way, that's the equivalent of nearly 6 million lots in Portland. You want to give another one to knock your socks off? Portland is 92,790 acres. That means the equivalent land size of almost 11 Portlands has burned in just a few weeks. Fire crews were originally overwhelmed by the intensity of the fires, even had to pull crews out of the area in some cases, like in Estacada. Governor Brown says now that three of the state's fires are now completely contained and fire crews are able to get back to their local districts. And that is today's Quick Six Local Rundown. X-Ray. Coming up next, we have an interview with Multnomah County Democrats fundraising chair Henry Exergian and comedian Art Krug. They'll be revealing details about an upcoming drive-in fundraiser they're hosting called Comedians and Candidates in Cars. The two of them discuss different obstacles they'll be facing hosting a, quote, COVID-friendly political comedic event, how they plan to overcome them. They also talk about other creative ways they've come up with to help raise money for local Democratic candidates. The event is coming up on Saturday, October 3rd, and more info can be found at multdems.org backslash comedy night. Here's Henry Exergian and Art Krug. Henry and Art, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you, Emily. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, and, and thanks for having us. Henry, can you tell us more about the comedians featured at this event and what the audience can expect? Sure. Uh, well, absolutely. It's um, We're going to do a fun event. Uh, we figured basically that, what a, you know, uh, one month, it's going to be October 3rd, so exactly one month between the uh, before the official election day. You know, what a better time to, you know, because it is going to be a, a pretty stressful one, I think, I think it's a great time to maybe let a little stress out and relax and maybe laugh out loud. And that's what we want to do. We create some of the local comedians that uh, are going to be on are like Art himself and Art Krug, uh, Susan Rice, uh, Nathan Brannon, and uh, Amanda Arnold, uh, all great comedians uh, local for, here in Portland. And it's it's just going to be a jazz. That's fantastic. So Art... 
politics make for great comedic fodder. In fact, you know, programs like Saturday Night Live or The Daily Show, they, they make politics more digestible. In your words, what makes comedy and politics mix together so well? Um, the anxiety level, I'm going to say. Mm. Um, comedy comes out of pain and suffering and Man, we've got that in spades these days, don't we? Yeah. It's uh, it's not hard to find that. What's hard to do right now is to, to keep it from being too angry. You, you know, I, I'm feeling the same thing that a lot of other people are feeling right now. And just when you thought it couldn't get more bizarre, it does. Uh, so uh, this is going to be an interesting experiment. I, I, and did Henry mention that we're, we're playing to people in their cars? Yeah. Tell us more about that. How's that going to work? Sure, sure. Uh, it, what it is, it's a uh, it's a hybrid event, so it's live and virtual at the same time. And uh, with the, the live portion of it, in order to you know be make sure that we're complying with uh, you know safety measures, we are going to do it like a drive-in event. So basically, people are going to park their cars uh, in in our so it's outdoors. So you park your car, you stay in your car, you can get to watch the stage from your car. And you're going to be hearing, uh, you're going to be hearing it on your radio in your car. And you can also, just in case, if you're parked somewhere a little bit further away, uh, we'll we'll have it projected live on a giant screen as well. It'll be a lot of fun. And then the virtual portion, of course, is you can be anywhere in the world and watch it live and live stream it. And that's going to be our virtual ticket. Got it. So, Art, how do you plan to engage an audience of people sitting in their cars? Is that a challenge? I, you know, just when you thought it couldn't get more bizarre, it gets more bizarre. It it's hard to do comedy these days. It's hard to do any of our normal things. I'm still washing my groceries, um, like I got them from the Chernobyl gift shop, and uh, anytime a like a delivery guy shows up on my porch, it's like a drug deal or a hostage situation where you know set the package down and walk away. Step back, keep your hands where I can see them. You know, now we've got this deal where we're basically. Uh, one step from having everybody in hazmat suits, I think I, I'm imagining that if they like the joke, they'll honk. That's that's what I'm picturing, and I don't know if that's the case. Which uh, that's bizarre, you know. Just uh, let's get them all so you can't hear them. Get them separated, just the way I like my comedy shows. It's going to be a wild experiment, and I can't wait to see how this goes. Yeah, me too. Now, Henry, you've described this as a COVID-friendly event, um, and this has put a significant uh, stress on campaigns these days as they try to figure out how to pivot from retail politics and knocking on doors to something else. Um, Can you speak to the way that social interaction influences political engagement? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been one of our challenges that, um, at the local party. I mean, it's like, because we are usually, we are uh, the uh, get-out-the-vote machine, and we love to always go canvassing and talk to the local to local constituents. We mm-hmm. love doing that. And this year is like, it's one of those challenging uh, years that where that's really, uh, it's a little bit different. It looks different. It looks like a lot of Zoom, a lot of virtual interaction. It looks like um, uh, maybe just uh, phone calling, giving people calls and, let, and talking to people on that level. And it, it does, it's a little bit more of a challenge, but I think we are coming around to that. And, that, and this event is part of that. I mean, I think this is kind of setting us up into like, hey, 
we can do it. We can be flexible. We can do uh, greater things and different things. You know, that's what we're going for. Yeah. And Henry, as are you seeing that folks are less engaged the less time they spend with their community? Is there a correlation there? You know, I'm, that's not my department. <laughs> that would be, that would be a, a sociological uh, yeah. question that I, I have not much. I don't have much of an idea. I suspect that there could be something there for sure. Yeah. So, Art, as you're thinking about your set, you've got cars in front of you. You've got people online. We're going to be what? What sort of content are you going to be focusing on? And is there anything that's off limits? Um, well, you know, honestly, I'm probably not going to spend as much time about on politics. And I'll, I'll, I'll do some current events. Um, I'm going to try to keep it so that people have a break from all the bad news. Because you mm-hmm. turn on the news now. Um, I watch the news like I watch an eclipse, right, through a hole in the piece of paper. So it doesn't <laughs> burn my brain. It's just so much bad news and so many dire circumstances Mm -hmm. i want to try to lighten things up a little bit and and, uh, just talk about my dog talk about my diet talk about the rubber bands that i use for a gym these days you know i i want to try to keep it light is is the object in this one and and um art how has your comedy changed over the last few months are you doing things online are you doing other socially distanced events yeah, there's been some Zoom comedy shows, which are very interesting, because um, you, you can only hear one person laugh at a time, so you just sort of have to assume that you're killing. Or it's just to keep plowing through and keep a plaster a smile on your face and just uh, act as though everything's working great and just try to have fun for yourself. It's been, uh, it's been a really interesting period in the comedy, and it'll be interesting to see how comedy moves forward uh, in the future with... Uh, people masking up at shows and separating themselves from each other. Because like politics and like your social interaction, um, comedy does best when there's a group uh, packed close together. Mm. Yeah, and Art, how much does your does your act change based on audience reaction? And if you can't hear that, what do you, what do, you do? Yeah, you know... There's been nights in uh, Butte, Montana, where I had to not worry about that. Mm. Trust me. There's been plenty of shows where you have to just, like I say, keep smiling and uh, entertaining yourself. Uh, so I've had practice at that in some venues. Uh, this will be interesting, though, just to see people flashing their lights and hawking mm-hmm. at you. And I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't imagine how well they're going to you know, gesture at you out the window. I guess if you're doing well, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. And I, I think it's going to be something I want to uh, probably tape just to see later on. We'll be ready for anything. Yeah. Now, now yeah. Henry, this is a fundraiser. How will the money raised be uh, used? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this, uh, we, well, we're the local party, of course. And we one of the focuses uh, of this, of course, is of course, getting out the vote uh, and slate cards, but also it, we have a, an, a, a really amazing. It's helping. It's we're designating this to help pay for uh, the election hub in our on our website, which is a great place if you want to volunteer and if you want to uh, if you want to support a campaign, any campaign anywhere uh, for a Democrat, uh, whether it be local, and definitely we encourage that. But whether it be somewhere farther away, somewhere in another state, we have all the links 
everything where you need to do is, is sign up, whether it's call banking or text banking, it's all there. And it's an amazing little place. Got it. And what other creative ways are you raising money for Multnomah County Democrats? Well, uh, <laughs> this is this is one of the great ways that we're doing also uh, a um, an interesting thing uh, on uh, it's a uh, auctions. All right. Virtual auctions are another thing that we do. Uh, we're going actually we are going to layer this. It's not going to be. It's not going to be uh, pre. It's going to be a dry event, but we are doing actually uh, an auction for beer. So, uh, it, so it'll be different little beer packages on our on our website uh, that we that you can uh, you can bid on, uh, and it'll be you can win some beer, some local beer. I hope there's lots of local beers there too. Fantastic. To take home. <laughs> Fantastic. And Art, where can folks find out more about you and this event? Absolutely. You know what? It's, uh, if you go to multdems, M-U-L-T-D-E-M-S dot org backslash comedy night, you can find out a lot about it. The, um, and the, the link is there to go buy the tickets. Excellent. And Art, where can folks find your comedy? Go to, uh, I have a podcast I'm doing with Susan Rice, one of the other comedians, called uh, Stop Me If I've Heard This. It's about getting older in an industry and dealing with this crazy world around us right now. And we talk about this event, and we talk about a lot of other events, and uh, sometimes political, sometimes not. We have a lot of laughs, but Stop Me If I've Heard This, that's what I would check out is the podcast. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Henry and Art. Thanks for being here with us, and good luck on your event. Thank you, Emily. Thank you very much. Thanks to Henry and Art for joining The Local. Thanks to Mark Rothko for existing, and big thanks to our production team. Executive Editor Will Romy, Supporting Editors Miranda Selinger, Jonathan Covington-Brem, Sophie Mallon, Brian Miller, Carly Quadros, and Jaleesa Ringering. Writers Jonathan, also Kate K, Sophie Mallon, Brian, Julia Oppenheimer, also Carly, Jalisa, and Sam Smargiassi. Big thanks to co-executive producer Emily Gilliland. I'm Jefferson Smith. Feel free to send story ideas and suggestions to the local at xray.fm. You can send your compliments and five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks to original journalism and research by the Lund Report, Oregon Health Authority. The Oregon Encyclopedia, COVID19.healthdata.org, Wikipedia, the Oregon Historical Society, Portland Business Journal, KGW, the Wemel, Coin, Pamela Media, OPB, KATU, the Oregonian Statesman Journal, Street Roots, and News Partners, Bridgeliner, and the Portland Mercury. Thank you so much for listening to Local. Thanks for telling a friend. Thank you for subscribing and giving a five-star review. And thank you, Democracy. Talk to you on Monday. X-Ray.